0: Close Watch, episode 12. Rob here. You can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcatchers, as well as CrookedTable.com. On this episode, I am joined by film critic Albert Lanier to talk about the 1980 comedy Airplane. It doesn't get much more iconic than this when it comes to big screen laughs, and uh, Albert and I had a really good talk as far as why this movie clicked with him at such a young age, and why this film maybe is being misread by a lot of the people that are even those that regard it so highly. So let's listen to a little bit of the trailer and then jump into our conversation about Airplane. Airplane is drama.
1: Uh, This is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago Flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music.
0: There is only one river.
1: There is only one sea airplane is
0: dancing. The screen bin so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir, I've
1: never been up in a plane before. Peter
0: Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch.
1: I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital.
0: A hospital? What is it?
1: It's a big building with patients. But that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what
0: can you make out of this? This? I could make a cap, or a brooch, or a pterodactyl. um...
1: Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is
0: there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane?
1: Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I've got to get out of here. (laughs) Please let me handle this. Get, get down. Down. Calm down. Now get back to your seat. I'll take care of this. Calm down. Calm down. Get a
0: Don't here. be one of them Everything's
1: been to fall. to It's going to Positions. The most incredible adventure the screen has ever created. He's coming right us! The big news is...
0: Airplane. Welcome to Close Watch, the show where we get to know our guests through the movies they love. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the 1980 comedy, Airplane. And I'm honored to welcome back to the show... Albert Lanier. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm fine. I am feeling good for the most part, though,
1: considering that it's still a pandemic, and especially since we're discussing disgusting airplane,
0: I really picked the wrong time to give up soda, so. <laughs> as long as you didn't order the fish, you should be okay, according to the film. Oh. Well, I have right in front of me a salad. Okay. So no food. That's good. Tell people who, who haven't heard uh, our previous discussions, tell them who you are, what you have going on, and then we'll we'll shift the conversation to the movie. Yes. Of course, my name is Albert Legendre. I was an online reviewer
1: for the website Cool News. I covered basically film festivals in Hawaii for them from about 2010 um, sorry, from about 2002 to about 2010. And then I also covered film festivals here in Hawaii where I currently am. Before that, as a reporter, these included the Hawaii International Film Festival. So currently I serve as a film analyst. I go on shows like this and discuss classic films. Perhaps I'll get back to more mainstream or should I say more contemporary films? But I also serve as a ghostwriter. I've done that for a few years. In fact, I was on a show recently being interviewed about that first time in my life. And prior to that, I was a freelance journalist and writer for 22 years. And I wrote for a variety of publications. These include Honolulu Weekly, Pacific Business News, Asian Week, Hawaii Magazine, various other publications.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So... On your on your previous guest appearances with me on this show, or in the previous version of the show, the Crooked Table Podcast, we we talked about Eyes Wide Shut. Then we talked about Mulholland Drive. So this is, and this is part of what I enjoy about t- doing the show and talking about movies with people, is that every people that are really into movies have such a broad interest in film. You don't they don't follow a specific genre per se necessarily. It's you can go from Mulholland Drive to Airplane and, and, and love them equally in different ways and appreciate them equally for what they're trying to accomplish. So, Albert, you reached out to me and you said, I want to talk about Airplane. What dis- why did you want to talk about this specific film in general? And what is your history when you first saw it?
1: Well, actually, I wanted to talk about Airplane because it recently had its anniversary, I believe, last year. In 2020, because the film had initially come out in 1980. And my personal history with the film was that I saw it when I was actually 10 years old. Back in 1980, my family, my parents in particular, liked going to drive-ins. They didn't like going to indoor theaters for some reason to watch movies. So I wound up going with my parents to see this movie on a double bill as all drive-ins had. And the double bill that I saw Airplane on included the movie Popeye. So it was Airplane and Popeye. Nice. And of course, for those of you who are film buffs out there, Popeye featured, I think it was the big breakout role for Robin Williams, although in a way his breakout role was in more But it was directed by Robert Altman. Yep. And of course, so I saw both those films. So I saw Airplane and Popeye. <laughs> the same bill. And so I saw it when I was 10 years old. And I would say that Airplane at the time was about as pitch-perfect a parody film as I had seen as a young boy. And about as good a satiric parody as has come out. The success of Airplane, I think, came from its knowledge of genre, but also, I believe, Airplane has been effective because it was a film that came out at about the right time. It came out, as most people are aware, the film is a genre parody of the disaster film, more specifically the airliner disaster film, if I could use that as a subgenre, Right. But by the 80s, that was 1980 when Airplane came out, but by the 80s, they were beginning to wane, So that genre was dying. And so Airplane came out at about the right time. And I think, in a Broadway, its success was due, and I'll just do it in a very pre driven summary at this point. Its success, I believe, came from a deep and abiding knowledge and maybe perhaps love of the genre and a willing suspension of disbelief, namely the disbelief of audiences in watching this movie.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's also this came on the heels, I believe, of things like The Towering Inferno and Earthquake and movies like that. So having a an ensemble cast of all varying characters stuck in a, a situation at the same time it was wasn't exclusive to the the airport uh, franchise. It was something that was just in the zeitgeist at the time, and of course we got the wave, another wave of disaster films later on in the 90s with the Independence Days and Twisters and all of that. But but yeah, this was really riffing on that initial uh, string in the genre.
1: Right, right. And again, it came out at just about the right time because the genre was really dying. Right. But what makes Airplane different, and this may surprise people who listen to this episode, is that Airplane is not simply a genre of parody. It's a remake. So it's really two films in one. It's a remake of a melodrama that was called Zero Hour that was also produced by the same studio that did Airplane, namely Paramount Pictures. Zero Hour came out in 1957. Stars Sterling Hayden, Dana Andrews, Linda Darnell. And what the makers of Airplane did was basically do this, sometimes shot for shot, not always, but largely a filmic remake of Zero L. So what I'm going to do is different from what most people do when they analyze Airplane. I think most people, when they either get a view or a critique or an analysis, they look at it separately, right? Mm-hmm. Air Zero Hour with Airplane, and the Airplane is seen as this parody, which it is. And so they compare the parody to the melodrama. What I thought we'd do first is actually compare and look at Airplane as a straightforward remake, and then largely get into the genre parody. So this is different from most people's analysis. By the way, I don't know who did this, but those individuals that have made the scene-by-scene, take-by-take comparisons on YouTube for Airplane Zero Hour, I owe you guys a vote of thanks. because (laughs) It made my life a lot easier for this episode in terms of my research. So I thank the people that put up those comparisons on YouTube. I really do. Save me a lot of time. I don't have to go hunt Zero Hour and look at that scene-by-scene and bit-by-bit and then go look at Airplane. I could at least take a look at these on YouTube.
0: So I think that I think the fact that this is essentially a remake, it, it lends itself to why it's so effective. I think that's probably where you're going with this as well. But I think because it's a remake, because it has that skeleton to hang itself on, it, it's it feels more credible as a disaster movie because it was. It was a disaster movie. Is that, is that accurate to say? Is that something that your research yielded?
1: I think that's a good way to, to put it. What's fascinating to me about Airplane is how all of these elements combine in this movie. Right. Zero Hour was written by uh, Paul Bartlett and John C. Champion at Technically Arthur Aliens, based on a teleplay of Arthur Aliens, I believe, for the CBC. And... Arthur Haley then went on to be a novelist and he wrote Airport, which got adapted into a huge film at the early part of the 70s. I believe well, it was 1970. But Haley did Haley went on to do other novels and other works, but Airport's important because that helped establish what I call a subgenre of disaster, meaning the airliner disaster film, mm-hmm. right. which airplane obviously takes some degree of inspiration in terms of some of the gags in the movie. But what's important is that when you look at this, not only Zero Hour, you also then look at Airport and the fact that the teleplate for Zero Hour is written, the basis for Zero Hour was written by Arthur Haley in terms of the teleplate. Then you have the fact that Haley went on to write Airport. It got made into a big studio film. And of course, it then has a influence on what eventually came airplane. So what you have are two strands here. Zero Hour,
0: which has basically the same plot as Airplane. And same lead character name too, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry? Same lead character. I didn't even realize because I knew the, the Zero Hour connection, but the character's name in there is also Ted Stryker, which I didn't realize until now.
1: Right played by Dana Andrews. Right. So that's what's fascinating is how all tied together it is. It's it's fascinating to me. I know people are looking at Airplane and just seeing it as a comedy, which it is. Now, Airplane, of course, as we all know, or at least those of us who are familiar with films know, Airplane was written by Jim Abraham, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, which went on. Zucker Brothers in particular went on to have careers in uh, genre parody films in Hollywood, and Eric Lane basically drew its inspiration from Zero Hour because these guys had been in Wisconsin. They were part of some theater troupe, and they would look at old TV shows and movies for its uh, to get ideas, and they came across Zero Hour, and that became. basis story-wise character-wise and in every even scene wise to a great extent for airplane so you can't talk about airplane unless you deal with zero hour
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i I think what's interesting is that when you saw this when you were 10 years old you didn't know about any of the the skeleton there was this this was a remake or any of this other stuff i'm assuming you're aware of the Airline or disaster films, as as you as you call them, but it 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 works completely independently now. Like even now, then regardless, it's there's something timeless to the comedy of it, and I think that's something transcendent that this film manages to pull off. Is that even if you've never seen any of these movies, including Zero Hour, this thing still works, and it hangs its hat on those previous films that you mentioned, but it 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 transcends them and becomes its own work entirely. And I think that's part of what makes it so special.
1: I think that's a very good way to put it. Before I get into my rather brief analysis of the comparison between Zero Hour and Airplane as a remake, I just wanted to note some critical views of airplane. Roger Ebert in 1980. When the movie came out, wrote in his review. Airplane is a comedy in the great tradition of high school skits. The Sid Caesar Show, Mad Magazine, Dog-eared screenplays, people's nephews wrote in lieu of earning their college diplomas. In my case, I actually earned my college diploma and I decided to pass about writing dog-eared screenplays. But that was me. What can I tell you? <laughs> Let me just go on a little more. It is sophomoric, obvious, predictable, corny, and quite often very funny. And the reason it is funny is frequently because it is sophomoric, predictable. Corny. <laughs> okay. Let me just finish up with Roger Ebert here. Airplane is, quote, Airplane is practically a satirical anthology of classic movie cliches. And he goes on later to say, none of this really adds up to great comic artistry, but Airplane, compensates for its lack of original comic invention by its utter willingness to steal, beg, borrow, and rewrite from anywhere.
0: And of course, anywhere in this case would be defined as
1: zero hour mostly.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I mean that that this movie, when it when it came out, when you first saw it. Was this is this a movie you've revisited a lot over the years? Is this something that's stuck around on, on your radar as and then, and then we'll get to the reputation that it has now? Right. It was clearly a perfect film,
1: as I mentioned before. To me, it was a right. pitch perfect parody. It understood its genre perfectly. It understood the characters and their motivations precisely. It understood the way to frame and film the characters and the situations they were in extremely well. So when I look when I think back as a kid, I just knew that this worked. I knew intrinsically it worked because I knew the air, the airline disaster genre. And I knew. That uh, okay, you had this set piece in this in airplane, that set piece in this in airplane, that set piece, and it worked because you knew them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot of reasons that that works. I think part of is, is like we said, the the characters and their their motivations are already established in zero hours, so they don't have to necessarily worry about establishing all of that. You have Ted and Elaine, and their 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 love story strung throughout. So you have enough of a character emotion based emotional basis to care at least somewhat about what happens with these characters. You have a lot of actors, including Peter Graves and Leslie Nielsen, who are more serious actors that can give gravitas to it and play this straight, which makes it even funnier. And and you have like this. Uh, grab bag of visual gags of wordplay of basically any comedy they can think of is in this thing like I can't I'm hard-pressed to think of a film that is this dense with jokes that every time I rewatch it I pick up on something else I'm like oh yeah that's happening in the background or or this this is a this turn of phrase and things like that And, and is that something that you found as well that part of why it ages so well is just that there's, it, it's one of the most joke-filled films I think ever made. Right. There's a lot in the frame. I'll give
1: yes, you an example. absolutely. The when the pilot, played by Peter Graves, basically Captain Over, calls the Mayo Clinic to <laughs> see the, on the shelves actual bottles of mayonnaise. Right. You also see on the table a heart, because he's talking about a heart transplant. So you see a heart flying basically, jumping up into the air. I'd say it seemed like five feet in the air at one point. So when you talk about the frame being dead, just look at that one little scene there. What you see in the set dressing, what you see in terms of prop, your eye has to move everywhere with a film like Airplane. So you have to, you have to watch a movie like Airplane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what you have to do with genre parodies is you have to watch them because the frames are often filled with so much information. Like I said, props, set dressings, wardrobe even, depending on the scene. You have to pay a great deal of attention to a film like Airplane. And people may wonder why I would say that. I'll give you an example. Leslie Nielsen was interviewed about a show he did after it was a TV show called Police Squad, which was on ABC, yep. which sadly didn't become the hit I think it should have because I was a huge fan of Police Squad.
0: Yeah, agreed. I I have the six episode series box set on DVD, and oh, uh, yeah. I love that show. Love huge fan of the Naked Gun films, obviously. But yes, uh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So he said that one of the heads of ABC had said the reason why the show didn't succeed was because you have to watch it, because there's a lot going on. The same is true with the airplane. There's a lot going on. So if you're going to watch it, you have to watch it. You can't just do a half ass job <laughs> and think you're going to get as much unless you really pay attention.
0: It's, it's not a, a put-on-in-the-background-on-a-Sunday-afternoon-while-you-fold-laundry type of comedy.
1: Let me first briefly just look at Airplane as a remake of Zero Hour. Now, as I mentioned before, Zero Hour was a 1957 Paramount film. It, it starred Linda Darnell, Sterling Hayden actually played Captain Trelavin, who was the person that talks down Dana Andrews, Ted Stryker character. And Linda Darnell plays Ellen Stryker, I guess, a strange wife at this point. And so she was the main female character in this. There was another female character, Janet Turner, who was a stewardess, was played by Peggy King. And I think she has a boyfriend, film, little plot, a lot So you also have Captain Bill Wilson, who was played by Elroy Hirsch, otherwise known as Crazy Legs Hirsch. It's a football player. So what that does is it establishes the formula, the paradigm for the, for the remake that is the airplane. So the plot basically is that this airliner in the movie Zero Hour, it's Cross Canada Air Flight 714, experiences problems because the pilot and co-pilot and a number of passengers suffer from food poisoning because they had the fish instead of the meat. The fish mm-hmm. contained the food poisoning. So Ted Stryker, who used to be a pilot during World War II, but had a disastrous mission where a number of men had been killed. I believe in zero hours about six men. I think in airplane it's one more seven, because that becomes a joke, strangely mm-hmm. enough. So what happens is they find out after the pilot and the co-pilot are rendered unable to fly the fa- plane because of the food poisoning, the doctor, Dr. Baird, who's played by Jeffrey Toon, I believe, tries to, and I think the steward is try to persuade. Stryker to go and pilot the plane. And of course, he does and he manages to get the passengers down and make up with his wife. And his wife, of course, is Linda Darnell's Ellen Stryker character. Now, in Airplane, you have Ted Stryker, who's played by Robert Hayes. You have Elaine, who is played by Julie Haggerty. Now, compared to Zero Hour, Elaine is... There was no Elaine at Zero Hour, just Ellen, who was the wife of Ted Stryker. In this case, you had Elaine being a stewardess in Airplane, and she was the former flame of Ted. So there's a bit change there. Right. Now, you have the same, basic, the same basic plot in Airplane, right? The plane is headed to Chicago. Passengers fall ill, as does the pilot and co-pilot. And of course, Ted Stryker, who's a former World War II pilot, in the case of airplane, he's actually a taxi driver at this point. And there's a funny scene at the beginning where he leaves customer in a taxi cab. I think that goes on until the very end credits at some point. And the passenger's still waiting in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ted is brought up to the cockpit. the same situation. And of course, an airplane. It gets the plane down in Chicago and life goes on. And I guess in the case of Ted and Elaine, love go. So the only thing I will say further in terms of the remake of Zero Hour and Airplane is that I think that Airplane, it's a very good remake of Zero Hour. And I will cite two reasons why, two visual reasons why. Part of the reason I think why Airplane works is that I think it works filmically, right? I think it works in terms of composition. And the way the scenes are set up and also lit. For example, look at the scene where Ted comes up in zero hour. The way that the scene is presented is interesting because the lighting on the Dr. Rumac character was played by Leslie Nielsen, the doctor, in Airplane. The shadows fall on one side of his face. So it's dark on one side of his face. And so when you have that. Scene where Ted goes up and says, Both pilots. I said, and, and Elaine is saying to Ted, Well, you can't fly this plane. He said, Well, I've been trying to tell these people. And the doctor says, Well, something along the line of, Well, you're, you're our only hope. And then you have a lighting effect like mm. that in a horror movie, like lightning and thunder, not lightning, but thunder. And so you have lights that flashes it's a nice effect. Another point I want to make in comparison to the remake, Airplane, I think is a better remake, is the way the other scenes are set up. I think it's a lot more visually interesting. For example, when you look at the scene between Ted Stryker and Ellen in Zero Hour, Ted and Ellen are talking on the plane. Ted's trying to convince Ellen to come back to him, and Ellen tells him he can't be with someone she doesn't respect. Now, that's done on the plane in Zero Hour. They're sitting in their seats. In Airplane, it's done at the airport while you have passengers walking by or not necessarily walking in front of the frame, but you see passengers going by. So it's done at the airport. And it's a lot more visually interesting when you see the two, the cutting back and forth. Now, of course, the effect is rendered differently at the end because the Ted character, after the exact same scene is played out in Airplane, then breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and says, isn't that a pisser? <laughs> so it's different. But I, when I look at those two scenes, I think Airplane is a better re- or a good remake of Zero Hour because of the way it's frame, mm-hmm. lighting, and the way that the two shots and even the cutting back and forth works. There's a fluidity, there's an energy. Maybe because Airplane is a comedy and so you would associate energy and fluidity and kinetic activity with the comedy as opposed to the melodrama that zero ever is
0: right no that makes sense i think it's people tend to overlook that aspect of airplane a lot that the filmmaking in addition to the jokes is actually really strong i i think i think you're on to something there for sure uh is there speaking to it as a as a parody? Obviously, I mentioned there's so many different kinds of of jokes and gags in this thing. Is there a particular? Is it, first of all, are you a generally a fan of parody films generally? And what where would you place this in the that subgenre of of comedic films?
1: I am a fan of parody. It's simply one of the best parody films I've ever seen, yep. produced by a major studio in Hollywood. It's simply one of the best. There's no question. Like I said, when I talked to, when I did the brief analysis there, looking at it in terms of how it stacks up to zero. Let me finish up with one more thing. There is a dissolve between the Dana Andrews character when he's thinking about the overlapping images of the planes going down. That also mm-hmm. happens in air. Of course, it's a lot more comedic because you have different kinds of airplanes going down. So I just wanted to finish up there. Sure, airplane as a genre comedy film works because of the strength of its set pieces. Because it is a remake of Zero Hour, it thus has, as you mentioned before, a skeleton narratively in which to rest on, right? And I think that's one of the strengths of it. Most genre parodies are not remakes. They're simple assemblages of scenes. They simply exist because of the strength of the scene and the strengths of their gags and the strength of their jokes. But the reason why Airplane is so good, I think is because it is fundamentally two films in one. One is a remake, the other is a genre comedy. The genre comedy can rely upon the remake aspect of the film for its narrative strength, for its storylines and arcs, and for its characters. So it stands out. Airplane stands out. The only other film I think is close in terms of purely outstanding genre comedy is uh, Young Frankenstein. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. I was on I was on Sonic Cinema podcast earlier this year, and we talked we talked about Airplane. We talked about man. Now I can't remember <laughs> Scary Movie because that was the more recent. It spurred off. Uh, it kicked off a a whole new wave of parody films in the early two thousands, and then. I I think we mentioned Blazing Saddles, but it was between Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are, are both again genre parodies in the same in the same wheelhouse as these. And I, and I, there's something specific about the 70s, like the, these three films, especially Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and Airplane that really those three are, are the, the triumvirate, the, the granddaddies of this genre. And three of those three films are still so impactful on modern comedy. So much of it is trying to riff on uh, riff on those films. And I know airplane specifically is, is often cited as one of the funniest films ever made. I think you and I, it sounds like we're in agreement that it's, that that's it's in the conversation if not if not holding the title is that, would you agree
1: yes i think if you're going to do a genre parody first film you should watch is Lane. if you're going to be a parody filmmaker do genre parody comedy films whether you're doing it independently or whether you're doing it for a major studio this is the film you need to study because of the structure of this film, the fact that it has this, I would say, dual aspect to it—it's a remake and it's also a genre comedy. So it's a lot more complicated a film. Now I know I don't know how this episode is going to be taken by people. I feel like people are going to be disappointed by the way I'm talking about <laughs> Airport. I and I don't know. All I can say is that I I have to look at comedy just as seriously as I do drama, thriller, or anything else. Absolutely. Although, hopefully, I'll try to lighten the load a little bit. So when we look at airplane as a genre, Tom, why does it work? First of all, it understands the genre of the airliner disaster films. It understands the idea of Jeopardy, and it makes fun of it. Yeah. It also understands that you have to have an acting style that works. And part of the reason that this film is successful is the cast. And I will state this, and maybe you won't understand. There are not, with the exception of Jimmy Walker as the windshield wiper guy, there are no real stand-up or comedic actors, stand-up comedians or comedic actors in this film. These are all dramatic actors. These are all straight actors. Look at this cast. Leslie Nielsen was in The Poseidon Adventure. I think he had done some disaster film. Leslie Nielsen was a dramatic actor. He had done TV shows like Columbo. And he had been on all kinds of dramas in his long career. Alfred Hitchcock Presents and other kinds of shows.
0: He wasn't a comedy actor when he did Airplane would surprise a lot of people after this movie. That's mostly what he became known for. This and Naked Gun and then a whole string of movies in the nineties the and two thousands, right up until his death. Like this is what he was known for. And it completely changed the trajectory of his acting career.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because he was getting older. And I think he said in an interview once I I hope I have this correct, but he said he was thinking there were grandfather roles in his future as an actor. And an airplane came along and it changed everything. It changed everything. I think, so when you look at someone like Nielsen, who became a comedy star actor, but you look at the other actors, Peter Graves who had been on Mission Impossible, Lloyd Bridges who had been on Sea Hunt, Robert Stack, he later went on to do Unsolved Mysteries, but he was known for these, the the melodramas of the fifties, starring in films. These are all straightforward dramatic actors. That's why this movie works. You've got actors who are not phoning it in because what Abraham's and David and Jerry Sucker did was they made sure that their actors were providing dramatic performances that were funny. Let me repeat that. These are dramatic performances that are funny. These are not comedy performances because if you look at most of these actors, they're not playing it for laps because they can't the film wouldn't work if any of these actors tried to be funny
0: it's true it's the material shines through because like you said they can't ham it up for the camera it's why this thing sings because the material isn't isn't there's no way for the actors to miss and to misplay the material to lean into the jokes too hard they let the jokes do the do the heavy lifting and they play it like it's a, they play it like it's a straight remake of zero hour is what it is. And, and I think that's, that's what we're hitting on. It's like the, the actors, they cast it and perform it like it's a straight remake, only the script is ridiculous. And so that contrast is why it, it stands out. Right. And
1: that's why I say the dual nature of Airplane makes it a strong film. Yeah. You have a remake at the center of this film, and then you have the genre parody that surrounds it. And what that does is it, it frees up the gangs, the visual jokes, the set pieces. It makes them so much stronger. I would also argue that as a genre parody, Airplane is a very visual film. I mentioned that in regards to its comparison as a remake. But as a genre parody, it is very strong visual scenes and aspects. Take, mm-hmm. For example, when you asks not ask for a ticket, and he's asked, smoking or non-smoking? And he gets an actual smoky dick. That's <laughs> well-done visual sight gag joke scene. Extremely well done. Quick to the point. And there are a number of those. But comedy is about precision. Precision. Comedy is different from drama in that you don't have to think out everything in regards to drama. But you have to think out everything in regards to comedy. Comedy requires a certain level of perfection Mm -hmm. and precision. I think it was uh, Sidney Pollack when he was talking about Tootsie in in an interview, he was saying that in drama, there may be a few ways around a scene. In comedy, there's usually one way and you've got to be able to hit it and you've got to be able to nail it. So, again, I cited the scene with Leslie Nielsen where Robert Hayes is coming in and Julie Aggerty is saying, well, you can't find this plane. The lighting in that scene, again, it's nice. The, the film is constructed well visually. And the film works visually. It makes you want to watch. And of course, there's a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of gags in the
0: film. A lot of times there are, are multiple. There's multiple things happening in the same scene. Jokes stacking on top of themselves, and and it's like you were saying about perfection. Every time I watch this, it's such a well-oiled machine that I. Every time I watch it, I'm in awe of what they're able to pull off. Where it's like boom, boom, boom. Like you can time your watch to it. Every five seconds, there's something funny happening, and I I think it also in a way. And correct me if, if, if you feel differently I feel like it, in a way, ages better than a lot of comedies Of its era and earlier Because it 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 takes aim at everything You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not particularly You watch a comedy from the 90s And it has, like, homophobic humor Or racist humor or sexist Like, this throws everything in there at the same time And so it's equal opportunity offender And I feel like because of that it it the absurdity of what it's doing never feels ill-intentioned whether it's whether it's the jive talking passengers or the little girl whose who's who's like cord gets pulled out and she's asphyxiating by, back there. D- do you agree that because this the 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 swath of jokes is so wide, so broad that it it holds together as a piece in a way more so, if that, if that makes any sense.
1: I think so. It's, to a great extent, Airplane is, as any, I think most genre comedies are, joke machines. You go yeah. from one joke to another, to another, to another, to another. And you want most of them to work. Not all of them can work. But the reason why I think Airplane is so important, again, I stress the filmmaking ability. Definitely. Jim Abrahams and David and Jerry Sucker, I think this was the first big film. They had done Kentucky Fry movie. They'd written that was based on material they had done with their theater group, Wisconsin. But Airplane was a big deal for them, right? It was shot at a over three million dollar budget, shot in 1979. And so when you look at the jokes that are in this movie, like I said, I can't go through all of them. So I know there are people who be disappointed, <laughs> but I'd rather they watch the movie and enjoy it. That have me tell every joke that from airplane. Yeah, we don't have that time. <laughs> the jokes, some of the jokes that I liked were when the woman was with her husband got sick and one of the sick passengers said, I haven't felt this awful since I saw that Ronald Reagan movie. Another line that I liked was, yes, your husband and the others are alive but unconscious. And someone else chimes in, just like Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> There's one scene that when I was doing research for this, I just lost it. Trying not to lose it now. But there's this scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. oh, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> I knew this might happen. Robert Hayes is on the radio trying to talk to Robert Stack. Right. And Robert Stack is asking Robert Hayes, have you flown uh, an airliner of this sort before? Like a multi-agent airline?" And he says no, no. And Robert says shit. Oh, I, I, I apologize to the audience out there listening. <laughs> I tried to do this straight faced and not laugh at all,
0: but I had a it, hard time. It's hard too when you're talking about airplane. I, I think I, I'm sorry. I, I tried, folks. I tried. I couldn't. <laughs> Even that, like it. Um, I think for I think for me, for me is the ones that that always get me are the little the little fast ones, the the wordplay ones. Being a writer and and all of that, those are the ones that I that always tickle me the most. When there, it's like you know, when Rumac is like, "You better tell the captain we've got to land as soon as we can." The woman, this woman has got, had to be gotten to a hospital, and she's like, "A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients." But that's not important right now. Or the whole win-win Ted Stryker is is uh, you know they're trying to get him to fly the plane and he's like I flew single-engine fighters in the Air Force but this plane has four engines it's an entirely different flying altogether and they're like it's an entirely different flying those kinds of like wordplay things and I, that's the that that's the stuff that I think really impresses me the most when they are able to cram so many of those into there and just the the variety of the characters on this thing you have the the two little kids, the little girl is like, I'll t- I take my copy black, like my men, or, or like I said, the 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 sick the sick child, and all of it. It's just it's every time you you think you you've been desensitized to to this film, and you're like, oh, it's not going to get me as good this time. It does anyway, because it, there's so much crammed in there that it's it it boggles it boggles the mind and and it's a testament to why this thing 40 plus years on is still a gold standard for not just parody films but but comedies in general the why this is on the at the top or near the top of every single list of like the funniest comedies or the best comedies ever made etc and i think we've we've nailed down why with zero hour we've sort of nailed down why with just like the the array of material that's in this thing? It's it's pretty it's pretty astounding even now to go back and watch it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of my favorite scenes is when Leslie Nielsen and Peter Graves are talking, and uh, Leslie Nielsen's Doctor Romax says, "Can't you take a guess?" And Peter Graves, uh, Captain, is saying, "Not for another two hours." He said, "You can't take a guess for another two hours." that was one of my favorite scenes
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's how how would you say seeing this movie as a child what either memories or emotions does it evoke for you specifically and how do you think this colored your your appreciation or your expectations when it comes to comedies because I, I i saw this one l- a little bit later in in life like i didn't really grow up with this as a child per se but I did grow up with the Naked Gun film. So the Zucker Brothers brand of comedy was very present in my life. And I think it's, it, it really affected what, what humor I really appreciate. Is that something that Airplane, did it, did it fulfill a, a similar place in your life?
1: Well, I would say that it was a film that I took in stride. Because I was used to enough genre comedy at the time. Mm-hmm. because of films like Blazing Saddles, for example, and Mel Brooks's film, that I was, wasn't ignorant as a child of those genre comedies, which I liked. And it made me really appreciate the high standard, in a sense, of genre comedies. The work that it takes, even though I wasn't thinking about filmmaking technique back then, and whether it was a remake, did go through my mind, obviously. I appreciated it as a comedy and as a genre comedy. And for me, it had this really high standard. It just was a pitch-perfect parody. That's what it is, it's a PPP, a pitch-perfect parody. (laughs) It works exactly well because it gets the genre right, and it gets the acting styles right, and it gets the material right. All of it works. The reason why the jokes work is because since the actors are acting in a what I would call earnest acting in terms of what melodramas and dramas of the 50s and and elsewhere were like, there's that earnest acting that you see in a film like Zero Hour. And that's what the actors in Airplane are doing. They're acting earnestly, they're never going past the line veering into parody. So because they're not performing as if it's parody, they're performing as if it's drama. But since they are giving essentially dramatic performances earnestly, much like the the actors in melodramas, like Zero Hour did in the 50s. So the acting allows for the jokes to work. And the jokes can only work if the actors are acting earnestly and giving those essentially dramatic performances of assurance
0: yeah and i and i think that's why comedy obviously is why all art really is but comedy specifically i think is wildly subjective but this is one of those rare comedies that i would say is objectively funny and i feel like most people would agree just because if one type of humor doesn't work for you Wait another 10 seconds and there'll be a, a gag that that's got your name on it thing. Is there are there any I think we've already established why this movie works, how great it is. People who are listening to this and haven't seen Airplane, first of all, get on that. And and then and as we said, we barely we mentioned some of the jokes. We hit like 0.5% less than that, 0.1% of the the actual humor and that's in this movie. It, are there any comedies that you would say either do the parody genre well or that would you say are are as undeniable as something like airplane like in the last decade or so because i am it's hard for me to find comedies now that i connect with and i think part of the reason is because of what we're saying because they try and get whoever the the big stand up comedian type guy is or girl is and pop them in a movie and think that it's just going to flow and effortlessly, and it doesn't work that way as we're getting into. Are there any 2010s comedies you would say are really killing it right now?
1: Well, Scary Movie wasn't a bad movie, right? Scary Movie wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Most of the comedies that worked are not necessarily genre comedies. They're straightforward comedy. In terms of the better comedies that have emerged in the past at least 20 years, since 2000, you have to cite The Hangover. Mm-hmm. The Hangover is to me one of the one of the most strongly written comedies that I've seen because that movie works. I don't know if it's a perfect comedy, but it comes close to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but it's I not mean, done. It, No, no. I, I'd say as far as if we're if we're speaking specifically like parodies, I would say. This is going back a little bit more than, than 2000, but I would say the original Austin Powers was a huge movie for me as a kid. The sequels also, but I, I wouldn't say that they're good or or defensible in the same way. I recently, for the first time, went back and finally caught up with Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, which is also a parody, a genre parody of music biopics. And I think that one is, is one of the better parodies in the last decade plus. Parodies are, are just, it's a genre that has gone off the rails i think we had the scary movies which we should mention david zucker actually directed scary movie three and four three i think of which three i think actually is pretty funny uh, on its own four not so much but just because it it devolved into the whole uh, date movie disaster movie epic movie again just making pop culture references with No real substance or style to them. Just you all know this. Let's put it on screen for no reason and then move on to another reference. And I I think it's it's a shame because you go back and look at at those movies that we we mentioned: Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and this one. Some of the other early Mel Brooks. I also grew up with the Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights, which are not as iconic, obviously, as Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, but have that similar approach to the material. And it's it's. I want the genre back. I don't know how we can get parodies back in there in, in the same way, but I do you think it's even possible at this point or has the market been so saturated with content that it's making a, a quality genre parody now is, is impossible? I think what you
1: need is you need a film like Airplane. You need a film that is a dual remake, but also a genre parody. Because I think that is what makes Airplane outstanding. That dual nature. But to my knowledge, although I've seen Airplane compared to Zero Hour, I don't think it's been analyzed. I think, I don't know if I'm one of the few people that have actually analyzed it as a remake and they've compared it as a remake, but they haven't really put the work in to look at it as a remake. But I think if you get a film that you remake as an example, and then create a genre of comedy to go alongside of it, I think you'll have a film as good as Airplane.
0: Yeah and it, it it's we've had some some films over the years that have tried to take footage from other movies and intersperse things that's like another it's a genre parody but it's it's like its own Sub sub genre. I'm thinking things like "What's Up, Tiger Lily," or "Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid," or "Kung Pao Enter the Fist," where they're like, "All right, we have footage from this obscure movie, or or this, even if it's a well-known movie, and we're going to insert our own our own people into it and riff on the genre in that way." I don't really know if that that's more of an experimental, and I think the success rate is a lot uh, a lot lower in that in that regard. But I maybe you're onto something. Maybe there is some old genre movie. That people, that a studio has the rights to, that they can dust off and and give it a, put a a, a parody sheen over it. And maybe that's the key to reviving the genre, because I would love to see that. Is there, before we start winding down here, obviously, normally I, I ask guests to sell the listener on the movie if they haven't seen it. I think we've already done that pretty well. Or to recommend other similar movies. I think we've already done that pretty well. Is there anything about Airplane that we haven't mentioned? Any favorite moments or lines or character beats or anything that you want to mention before we, before we sign off here? There's plenty
1: that I could mention about Airplane. I'm trying to think. I think what I can look at are maybe a couple of scenes or mention a couple of scenes. One of my favorite scenes when I was a kid was when Lloyd Bridges is saying, oh, they're up there with their instruments and it cuts to the <laughs> Doctor, the steward is Elaine and Ted playing musical instruments. Yeah. I loved that scene when I was a kid. Don't know what it's why, but I loved that scene when I was a kid. So that was one of my favorites as a kid. I would say as an adult, the scene that I really liked in airplane, I would say that it would have to be, well, one of them would have to be the disco dancing scene. Mm-hmm. That would have to be one of them. And I think I would also have to cite. It's one of my favorite scenes in Airplane, I love a lot of the, the Lloyd Bridges. There's a scene I did like when they're bringing the press in. I said, well, they want a statement and so, well, in airplane. So they come in, they ask some questions. I think somebody holds up an ice. They have all these mics and somebody holds up an ice cream cone, try to keep it, try to keep it while I describe this. And then the reporters are like, okay, guys, let's get some pictures. And they go to the wall and they take off all these pictures. All these <laughs> all these brains. Well, that's gotta be one of my favorite scenes. Maybe it's because I was a journalist, but it's one of my favorite scenes in air in airplane.
0: No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I there there are no there are no bad ones. That's the thing, too. I I I also like even like the reality of the movie breaks a couple times. As you mentioned, there's that fourth wall break with with Ted saying, Ain't that a pisser? There's Kareem Abdul Jabbar briefly breaking character (laughs) to defend his his NBA record, which I thought was really fun as well. It's it's a very playful movie in in a lot of respects. And I think it's it's rightfully in the in the pantheon of of all-time great comedy films. So before we go, Albert, can you first of all, thank you so much for coming on and give me an excuse to talk about airplane on a podcast for the second time this year. Wasn't expecting that, but I, I'm never going to turn down a chance to talk about this movie or the genre. Can you tell people where they can find you on social? Media? I'm on Twitter. You can find me at Critic Inc., which is my official Twitter for me
1: as a writer in general and as a ghostwriter. I'm also on Twitter at Al Comedian. I used to do stand-up on the side, but that one is for, that's my Twitter for actually film analysis. So that one is for me. Me as a film analyst. So that Twitter is where if you if you, you have a, like, for example, a talk show or a podcast like this one that looks at film and you're interested in having a guest to discuss or analyze film, you can contact me at at Al Comedian at that Twitter address. Or you could also contact me in my official Twitter as a writer, which is at Critic Inc. I-N-C. That's at Critic I-N-C and at Alcomedian. I'm also on TikTok, um, doing a series called From the Freelancer, where I do short videos about freelance writing. And you can contact me there or see me there at Imperious Reader, at Imperious Reader on TikTok. And I'm also on Facebook. So you can find me under my name, Albert Lanier, and I believe also Al Lanier on my other Facebook. So I have two Facebook accounts and beyond that, LinkedIn. I don't think you <laughs> don't think it's <laughs> my
0: life, but I think you're everywhere. You're all over the place, Albert. People, people should definitely check you out. It's always a pleasure to talk film with you. I'm glad we were able to tackle something uh, lighter and very different this time. That was it was a nice change of pace. But it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I will end on this. People sometimes
1: disagree with the fact that I think that Airplane is a great comedy, and they say to me, "Surely you don't think this is a." great comedy. And I say, of course I do. And stop calling me Shirley.
0: (laughs) Big thanks to film critic Albert Lanier for coming on to discuss 1980s Airplane. If you want to hear more conversations like this one, please go ahead and give us a rating and or review on Apple or Spotify. It'll help us get the word out about the show. Now I want to know, is Airplane the funniest movie ever made? Albert and I kind of break down why it works so well. But is it your personal favorite? If not, what is? Let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Crooked Table, a same handle on Instagram, and via email at robert at crookedtable.com. For now, that's a wrap on another Crooked Table production. Until then, keep watching, everybody. This has been a
1: production of crookedtable.com. All rights reserved. <laughs>